0: Good morning, morning, everybody. Welcome Welcome. to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. I am back with my friend, Joy Langford. She is here today. Thank you for coming.
1: (laughs) Finally. I know, you
0: traveling. Yes, traveling,
1: DOE hearings, all kinds of environmental stuff. The the freight never stops, but.
0: I am glad to have you back. And so today's special guest, we have Colin Mangum. Colin is, Colin, you do a lot, so I'm going to try to be as brief as possible in your introduction. You are the co-founder of Morpho Energy and the director of the Net Zero Accelerator at the USGBC LA. Got it all out. Welcome to the show, Colin.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good morning.
0: Good morning. morning. Um, So just so people know, the USGBC is the United States Green Building Council Los Angeles chapter, just I, I try to avoid acronyms, but Colin, you started as a journalist,
2: could you talk yeah. about
0: that transition of going from journalism and branding into what you do now?
2: Yeah, well I, I I uh there's there's I could go way back. I could say I I was born shovel ready. There's actually a picture of me with a, like a shovel and dirt and diapers. So I I've, I've kind of been like angling toward the things I'm doing right now ever since, but I'll, I'll tell you about a pivot in and all that that's guided me, it's sort of a compass for this, but really it was for me journalism and magazine publishing, and really going out and finding out, being inquisitive, being curious, uh, and taking information in, distilling into what I felt was important by my own kind of integrity and moral compass and, and and value system, and then pumping it out and saying, "All right, world, this is what's important about this person or this organization, or what have you." That line of inquiry and, that, and the skill sets I got from from being in those trenches really has helped me, you know, get into everything I, I do, and then the journey journalism went into advertising, Madison Avenue, Sachin Sachin others where oh, wow. I was promoting things, but not always the things that, that, you know, I, I totally believed in, but I, I yeah. learned how to promote and how to market and how to brand. And I'll tell you just, and then, then back to you, uh, one of my, uh, my big clients when I was back in New York, early stages of advertising career for me was the EPA. And one of the things we did was the high performance home. And, and so I had all these collateral materials about what made for a high performance home. That was decades ago, or at least a couple, and we're still trying to do those same things. So, you know, there is a need for, I know we're going to talk about acceleration, but it's interesting to look back and say, wow, we're still preaching the same thing and not all that's really getting done. But the good thing is we're catching up and we're accelerating.
0: uh, We talk about it a lot. There's a lot of talk and very little actual action and right. hence therefore what you are doing with the accelerator. So that's actually a perfect time to segue into the work that you're doing. But um you focus also on biomimicry. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people know what that
2: means. Now, what is that? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a funny word. It doesn't just, just roll off the tongue, does it? And I think, but if you break it down into bio and mimicry and, and to mimic something and to mimic biology, that's really what it is. And yeah. so I can give you some quick examples. I mean, Velcro is a classic example. Uh, it may not be made out of the most sustainable material. I'm sure they're working on that. But Velcro is, is based upon, designed uh, with the inspiration of, uh, of burdock seeds and their their seed pods. So if you've ever walked in the woods and gotten these things stuck to your socks or your dog, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Swiss engineer looked at it and said, hey, how does that work? And had the perspective. So this is important to what we'll talk about here. Like having a mindset and be kind of inquisitive and in looking for solutions um, said, how does that work? And it's a ho- hook and loop. And so emulated that, copied that, didn't harvest a bunch of burdock seeds, actually just emulated. So it's a, it's a copying of what, how nature does things. And also, yeah, so importantly in all that, it's it's a low energy strategy. Bush stays here. Animal grows up against it, carries seed over there. And Bush just stays right there. So it's, it's a really cool example, and I can give you a whole bunch more about shark like technologies and, and hospital-acquired infections, how we're reducing that just by looking at how shark skin actually disallows yep. things to grab into it. Fantastic. And then uh, I'll give you one more, just because I think it's important to what we're talking about in the built environment, which is if, you know, are you're both, both in California, Southern California? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so, so you've seen uh, the barrel cactus probably everywhere. Yes. He's, Highly radial, just I think the symmetry is is beautiful. But the barrel cactus is an inspiration for for the built environment. And I think I got well, I got a sheet of paper here. I'm just quick. I'll fold this, and I'll show you. Just this isn't how I normally do. I would show a photo of it, but uh if I can do this, okay. So bear with me. This is like like kindergarten version. But the barrel cactus has these pleats all around it. So just imagine yep. a lot of these, right? And what happens is it's Shading. So you see the shading coming off the light. And what happens if you, if you put a facade on a building like this, then part of the, the facade is shading the building. And it's fair, it could not be more simple in this technology. But it's the, the great thing about that is number one, it's a built environment technology that just takes jutting out a piece of metal or wood to shade the building without having to run more HVAC. You know, it doesn't do the whole job, but it certainly does part of the job. But it's also adapted and evolved to the conditions we live in right here in Southern California. You know, everything about it, our microclimates, everything. And that's important to everything we do with everything, all the work I do with Morpho Energy, with USGBCLA, we're locally attuned. And that's yes. a big part of what biomimicry does.
0: Now, I had read that um, the chainsaw is biomimicry after a beetle. Have you heard that one?
2: Could very well. Yeah, I have it. Now logger. I have to chase this down. This is a Yeah, it
0: was, it was a, a logger and he just saw this beetle that could burrow right into the into the wood really easily and basically copied the structure of the mandible, made the made the oh, chainsaw. I and I was like, well, that's that. interesting. Yeah.
2: So it's it's yeah, biomedically
0: yeah, felt... a long time.
2: <laughs> now I need I need to go chase that down. I mean I know we have time left here, but I would normally be like, all right, let me go look at that. Um I was like, I
0: gotta know now.
2: <laughs> yeah, <that's
0: laughs> no, great. it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so with the Net Zero Accelerator, um, you're helping people with their pilot programs and launching their ideas. Um, right. Not many people are, know what an accelerator is, because if you could explain very basically what, what an accelerator does as a whole.
2: So we're, we're meant to keep it simple, right? Um, accelerators speed things up, you know, and there's, there's a lot of things that can slow down an early stage company. Uh, but before I go into that, just briefly. You know, we're not an incubator. It's not an incubator. Incubator is an earlier stage company. It might be, as we say, back of the napkin math on their finances. And it's an idea that's not really fully formed. And it might be just a team saying, hey, we want to do this thing. That's in an incubator. Now, there's been some overlap between incubators and accelerators. And we actually work with a lot of incubators that operate like accelerators. But what we do with with the NZA, the net zero accelerator, is actually just help remove those barriers that would slow down a company getting speed to market. And so a lot of that is in leveling them up a little bit, how they talk about themselves and how they target, you know, the uh, opportunities, but also just helping them connect with the people that can help them move forward. And a lot of that is in pilot projects. And so I know we want to talk about that. You want to talk about that now? I I can describe pilots. for Yeah. But um, I think it's important to say, like, uh, I'm looking for things around here. Like, okay, so I have this cup idea. You know, this isn't promoting Yeti, but um, so I'll cover up the logo. Um, but I have this cup idea, and I will it work. So I'm going to pilot it, and, and then I'll get data back and I'll refine it. And now, and now it's ready for market because I will have piloted it and realized what was not working with it. Now I made it better. What we do is we say we had this cup, and we go to any number of partners, pilot host partners, have buildings. We say, hey, if you'll put this in building number one, validate it, test it out, get the see how it could work. Then maybe we'll put in only two, three, four, five, and, and 100. And so the pilot is really a taste of a solution. Like just try it out. It's bite-sized. Yeah, it One works, yeah. You yeah. Know, and that's what we do with pilots. So the USUBCLA is all about people, really. Uh, it's it's a community we saw that was an untapped resource with boots on the ground for us to say, hey, people, here's a great solution. Might be good for you. Just test it out. And that's a lot of how we actually look to scale uh, adoption for all these different innovative technologies and acceleration is so
1: important in all forms of uh, technology. Um, you never know where the next bright idea is coming from, uh, but mm-hmm. they need they need help such as yours to be able to propel them to the next level and actually get the re- name recognition and everything that comes along with it. The
0: networking, so, yeah, yeah. But also, I mean, the built environment has a huge carbon footprint. And that's yeah. what we need to work on is reducing that gigantic carbon footprint through green architecture, through green construction, new materials. Yeah. You know, concrete has a huge footprint as well. Um, the timber market. Um, but so you, on the on your pilot, um, just rapidly helping people increase. I love the fact on your website for the for the net zero accelerator. And if we could go through these, bridge the gap, build mm-hmm. awareness, get the tech to the market Right. Those are very important steps that most individuals would have a very hard time getting getting any kind of notoriety for that.
2: I totally agree, and I think if we just if we can take them one by one. The, the bridging the gap. A lot of times the gap the gap is between policy and technology, and a lot of these companies just do not have the visibility on on the inner workings of how you, how do you even navigate the terrain of of code and, and policy, uh, and mm-hmm. how do you, certainly how do you influence it when you've got everything you've got going on, just trying to keep your startup rolling forward you know and, and afloat. And so what we do is we actually work with both sides of the equation, including uh, government and community groups and advocacy groups and, and certainly all the, the commercial players to say, you know let's make it easier for these technologies to be a- adopted. And that's yeah. what the bridge is is just bring these things closer together. And the, the second thing is, is really the, just the building awareness and that's where I, I, I most love what we do because i've got a branding and marketing and, the, and back to the journalism and like communicating things of value and this, this is really no joke it's not greenwashing but i had a pivot uh part of my story was i was in life sciences i was pre-med track i was going to going to be a radiologist uh and Ooh. i was determined uh i went through two and a half years and in my third oh and and a genetics class i said all right you know i i don't want to be a doctor And that was a tough moment for me, by the way, because it's tough to say I don't want to heal and the the sick and the dying, you know, but I had to say it out loud because it's not that I'm afraid of blood. I'm, I'm giving you this. This may be TMI, but it's like I just said it's not the path for me. And then I saw this thing called advertising. And this may sound bizarre, but I didn't see it as the commercial aspect of it. I saw it as, wait, I can use words and visuals to present someone something that may be of value to them. And so that's a lot of what we do is present something of value in a certain way that is honed for the market that we're swimming in every single day. We're talking, we're in so many conversations. And that's, again, that's what I learned from the agency world. And maybe both of you have had taste of this in, in New York as well. I'm a I'm a generalist, a deep generalist. Uh, so I see a lot of stuff in the agency world. I, could, I would be working on fashion here and then technology an hour later and then pharmaceuticals two hours later. But you begin to see the interconnections of all that and how it all can. Yeah. And so what's great is we we help these companies see the general landscape. But I also I have to have to say this. A lot of what we do with our community is say, hey, will you be a mentor? You'll be advisor to these young, growing companies. Oh, sure. I'll help those companies out. And that's fantastic. We couldn't do it. Literally could not do this without them. But at the same time, I'm like, you know these companies also are hyper focused on this thing that you may not even know about. You're certainly not yeah. seeing it granular level out on the bleeding edge, literally like maxing their credit cards, stressing their relationships, losing sleep. They're focused on solving that thing. They got something to teach us as well, especially because they're growth stage, you know, these yeah. are serial entrepreneurs that have just hyper focused on the stuff. So I love telling those stories and that's a big part of it. It's some, you, you may never, you, you may both look at the, the, the list of companies and, that we have on the website, and you may not have heard of any of them, really, or just a few, because it's just hard to really get amplification of who they are, you know, to the to the to the people that need to hear about it. So it's a big part of what we do, and we have a great community for it. And we've got I don't know 50, sixty thousand uh, people on uh, not dollars, but I think it's fifty thousand plus on our mailing list. I, I don't do that aspect. And that's that's significant to push out and say, hey, look at this pilot. That's a lot of people, and it's oh, it's yeah. because it's people that actually care about this stuff. Uh, maybe I'll take a break here because there, there was a third component, right?
0: Um, yes. And a get question. the tech so we, to the market.
2: Yeah. Get the tech to the market. Well, it certainly helps with both those things we just talked about, but it really is about focusing them on what's important to this market. And I'll tell you, uh, just recently, one or both of you were at the Net Zero Conference a couple of weeks ago, right?
0: Yep. I was. Uh,
2: yeah. Um, so we we presented, Ben Stapled Stapledon, Executive Director, and I presented one of the awards and we've done this I think three or four years running at the gala and the award was to a company in our current program called Kitswitch and the great thing I think about them is not so much that they've you know they've got the the green and the environmental stance and it's fantastic and they're they're reducing embodied carbon and all these things we talk about but what I loved is they didn't that's not the first thing they say first thing they say is speed to installation reduces, uh, reduces, you know, labor hours, uh, and fatigue, uh, and cost the, the quality of the construction, the, you know, the way the aesthetics of it, the ROI, they suffer for all those things. And they said, Oh yeah. And by the way, we're reducing carbon reducing, you know, uh, we're increasing water efficiency and energy efficiency and all those things. So they wrap that blanket of green around a solution to be viable no matter what and yeah. that's what i love about how we can communicate these solutions because it makes it makes sustainability a lot easier to sell if it totally makes sense in every way on paper we talk you know?
0: about finances a lot and you know unless it makes you money or saves you money those are the primary goals for most people that they'll focus on and um yeah. you know especially with what you're doing with the accelerator the messaging is important and your background in advertising extremely important because you know, what we try to do here in ESG, we try to get the messaging out of you know, all the tech that's out there, all the ideas, the creativity that's out there that most people aren't aware of because they're not running in those same circles and getting out to the general public. That is what, right. you know, is, needs to happen.
2: You got a, yeah, he got a little Perfect. sunspot. To, to look. <laughs> yeah, the sun's starting to come up. Is that a good, is that a good thing? Um, I'll go ahead and cut that out. There we go. So
0: but I mean all the right. projects that you guys, I mean it's it's about the, the zero carbon, which we talk about a lot, the energy saving, which you know, the built environment that, that's such a huge energy gap. But um, I'm gonna drag Joy in to talk about water because not only in Southern California are we having droughts. I mean Louisiana right now is facing brackish water in their drinking water because they have a drought. These are things that are worldwide issues and we need to be smarter about what we do with our water. <laughs>
1: Right. I mean, in water is, it's, it's, it's water is a business as well. Correct. It's, it's a commodity here. It's a, it's a commodity, but it's, it's definitely uh, a business as well. So uh, there comes a a situation too, when there's not enough pumping because people are conserving, you still have the hard fixed capital costs that Mm -hmm. go into the engineers, to the plant, to water treatment, um, you know, figuring out uh, efficiencies is, is and rate assessments uh, and approximate, approximating how much water we're going to pump, um, it, it takes a whole group uh, to make happen. So it, it gets confusing and kind of murky even in those type of environmental uh, sciences as far as water as to, you know, what supply and demand is and how right. we actually get the messaging out there so that people are actually using the right amount of water um, and being uh, prudent with it, but yet at the same time making sure that there is uh, not a, a water short, pumpage shortage, so.
2: Revenue, yeah. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, water, I mean, certainly you know as much as anyone, it's a difficult sell because people don't think about it a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, um, but it all adds up. And, and I, I was actually talking with a Danish company last week about water conservation. And a lot of what we do is work with international companies that kind of exporting thought leadership from this place, this innovative place called LA. Right. Um, but it's interesting. We were talking about just even things like, you know, it's certainly shorter showers, but where we sit is like, you try to convince me to take a shorter shower by saying you know you can save this carbon and carbon and and climate emergency and but that's that may get me or that may actually they've actually seen where signage in showers and in bathrooms actually where you had like save the environment actually increased in some ways people use yeah, the funny. water more <laughs> like really um but really the simple message that's what we're talking about here is like well you know why would you take that a bit longer. I do my best thinking in the shower. Well, you know, you could do your best thinking on a short walk in the sunshine, you know, Mm -hmm. or why would you, for example, and and you don't want people to be combative. Like, well, I'll tell you why, you know, but so there's a way to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not demonstrating this well, as far as the languaging around it, but for example, people that brush their teeth and leave the water on while they're brushing their teeth, like why, why would you do that? Well, you know, yeah, why would I do it? I'll turn it off next time. Not climate crisis. That can help yeah. some of us, but right. just tell me just simple behavior, you know, might be useful. Okay, great. Well, and
0: we're raised in my household. Of- you turned off the water and you turned off the lights to save money.
2: <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, I think, I I think I- yeah, well, it's, uh, uh, it's like, you know, we're not the, uh, we're not the, the, the power company here. I mean, I'm always flicking off lights, you know, walking through, but you know, it's, it's interesting too, because in my own household, and maybe this is a total non sequitur just because you prompted it for me, but I'm flicking off lights all the time. When I leave room, I flick off the lights and, and maybe that was just how I was raised. And maybe I was scolded or something. I don't know. But you know, others in my family just like having the warmth of the light and being able to see down a hallway and like, so, so you kind of have to balance comfort, uh, and that's that's a difficult thing you know it feels more like home when it's lit up
0: that's true but i mean there's more if you know electrically and energy efficient ways to have the, everything illuminated um yes rather, you know that's getting better i mean i remember when the first um led lights came out they weren't that great they took a while to warm up um they're kind of dim they're much yes. better now yeah. and they last freaking
2: forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, the, right here is a hue bulb and i think we've got maybe 70 or 80 hue bulbs uh, from Philips in the house. And these last forever. They've got a million colors and they're all automated. So they come on at certain times. We can shut them off easily. So I love the LEDs where they are now. It's it's incredible, really. Um,
0: yeah, no, the technology is definitely up there. Um, and speaking of the technologies, like the cutting edge stuff that you probably get to see, is there anything really cool you, you can share with us that may not be proprietary? <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, well, so I mentioned Kit Switch. This is this is tough too because I I don't want it's like, you know, which children will I not take to the park here in this conversation? You know, because uh, I want to mention them all. <laughs> um, but I'll just tell you just where it, it it probably differs day to day. But because I spend a lot of time in the technology space of even like zeros and ones and screens and and gadgets, uh, every now and then I just really like something that, that is really like hands on like Kit Switch like materials and make them better and, and shove them into here and then then and then plumb this a certain way. I really I've just really been drawn lately to the things you can touch and feel. Yeah. And so one of the companies that comes to mind um, that it's also nature inspired as well in our current cohort is called Adept Materials. And hmm. it's a paint technology where there's layers of paint that actually can help it's it's like um directional vapor control. Like so you can control how vapor moves through the surface as a function of the layers of paint. How they've orchestrated this or, and designed That's this, weird. and then you're also getting into t- temperature inter- and humidity control with a, with paint. You know, oh. and we've got we've got <laughs> there. There's something called Stowcoat, which is a biomimicry example. Uh, I just want to give you this real quick. So if you've ever seen lotus flowers and plants, right, They're generally yeah. sitting like a pond, and but they're just brilliantly clean. And so, if you took a microscope, you look at, it, you see on those leaves, it's just what they call a microtopography, it's just a super kind of interesting surface. And what that does is it's spiked in little, little like mountain ranges and things on that leaf. If you really, really look close, and that allows drops of water to roll, paint or or, or dew to roll across it and remove debris from it. And now there's a paint technology you can put on a building when it rains, it cleans the oh, building.
0: Oh, I need that. I need that. (laughs) We all need that. Self-cleaning walls. God, yes.
2: (laughs) That is really,
0: I just love some of the creativity that's out there that, you know, someone would would think about that. It's amazing.
2: Well, again, there's some people that are hyper-focused. Sometimes sometimes they're academics and we, we can help them with tech transfer. I mean, the academics aren't necessarily entrepreneurs, right? In most cases, yes. they're not Biologists are not necessarily entrepreneurs. In most cases, they're not. But That's another gap that we that we bridge is help people who are maybe not comfortable in this zone or, or not equipped for this zone called commercialization of a solution. That's oh, where yeah. we can help them to advance their products.
0: Most creatives are probably not comfortable in the business aspect, especially, you know, the hardcore scientists. Um, or engineers, I mean, they're generally, unless you're crazy geologists like me, where we're just wackadoo, but most scientists and engineers, they're very <laughs> introverted. They basically keep to themselves. So having to go out and network and market your product and get funding, that's hard for them. That is very, very difficult.
2: It's really hard to be kind of in that, I guess, that gray area, that that black box of like not knowing, you know, and, and as a creative, been trained in it. I'm like, I love the not knowing because I know something's good's going to come out on the other side. But I, I actually I I spoke to a bunch of people over at NASA on biomimicry mm-hmm. like five years ago, whenever it was longer, um, and they were really not not having it because <laughs> they were like, you know, we we're engineers, and we need you know inputs and outputs, and it needs to be very clear as to what happens in there. And this this feels like tree hugging. But then uh, you know we talked to them about a few different things, and they were like, wait, I get it. So I could actually uh, shluff off ice off of off of you know a probe moving through space just by how we you know change the surface area of that. And I'm like yes, just like the desert beetle does in Namibia, you know. Um, there you and, go. And even like this, I mean, I have these props around, but the, the morpho butterfly, if you're familiar, you ever been to like Costa Rica, mm-hmm. South America? But that iridescent blue, and this is what my my solar energy company is is named for. And by the way, I should mention that because. This isn't me just saying, hey, startups, here's what you should do. And, and I really I, I read this in a book. You know, I, I've, I've been I've got blood on the floor. I got scar tissue. I've been in a whole bunch of startups. I work with a whole bunch of startups, invested in startups. And so it's coming from a place of having experienced it. Uh, and yeah. this is one of them, too. But, but I mentioned this because this is a biomimetic thing that that iridescence yeah. is back to. Uh, how do we do this? So it's structural color. that super, super tiny surface area reflects and reflects light you know refracting meaning bending and reflecting of course back to you uh, in a way that pre- presents that that color this isn't pigment if it were in the dark there would be no there would be no color at all there not like this shirt that has pigment in it right oh. but this is where engineers can start to see oh okay so you're you're using physics to create color okay I get it and now we're seeing you know uh, different you know automobiles that can be can use this kind of technology uh, Apple watches, uh, they have a technology that they they bought from Qualcomm that they're not, I don't think they're actually using yet, but it can take ambient light from around me and actually reduce the energy load on this watch by how mm-hmm. it might reflect back uh, colors in a certain way. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, it takes time. It takes, it takes money. Uh, it takes focus, but it's really, really fun and interesting.
0: That's really, I mean, I'd heard about peacock feathers being similar to that yes. as the, Morphous butterfly. And thank you for explaining that. Because in my brain, I'm like, what do you mean there's there's no pigment? Of course there's
2: pigment. <laughs> yeah. So
0: explaining that, bending and refracting the light. Thank you. You just explained something to me.
2: <laughs> I, hope, I hope I did it well. There's probably people watching like, no, that's not exactly how that works, Colin. But like, yeah, this is my understanding. I think it's pretty close. So it's and, it's good enough. Know, Every little bit helps. And, you know, just explaining it as simply
0: as possible. because that's the whole thing, you know, going back to the messaging and getting communication out there. We all live in this world of science and engineering and sustainability and climate. We talk in our own language, but the general public isn't being engaged because we spend too much time speaking in this stupid jargon. So explaining it simply is very, very important. We want everybody to understand. We want it to be all inclusive.
2: We, we, uh, this is where I, I, what I still pull from the branding toolbox. It's kind of like we used to say, I work with like Bell Labs Innovations and Lucid Technologies mm-hmm. and Bristol Myers and some big companies that a whole bunch of scientists are saying, this is what it should be. And I, and we and I used to say, let's, know. we got around the edges, uh, the sharp edges of that, you know, for the consumer. And we really need to distill it down. And that's what some of my training helps me to do is say, let's, let's make it bite sized, you know,
0: bite sized, exactly. Because people are not going to read the whole dissertation. They need small bits of information. And that, that's what's primarily important. Just they like to simple. know
2: that that a stack of, informa- of dissertations over there, but they don't want to read it. They're like, oh, good, you validated it scientifically. Fantastic. Uh, but just tell me what it is, right? Yeah, there's a reason Cliff Notes did so well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I leaned on, on my films. I used it. Hey, got me through many a book, many a book. Um, Joy, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you final thoughts since I've been dominating this and I do apologize.
1: <laughs> no, no. Thanks Colin for showing up and, and actually having the energy to, uh, you know, help, help companies grow in the net zero space uh, and accelerate, try to help accelerate companies. It's really important for people to uh, understand what Backbone and support is out there when they yeah. come up with great environmental uh, ideas that are going to help us with all aspects of climate change. So, thanks so much for all that you do.
2: Thank you. Thank you both because that middle component, you know, build awareness, you're helping us do it right here. So, I really appreciate the time.
0: Now we absolutely loved having you. Love what the Net Zero Accelerator is doing to give people that are creatives that may not have all of the resources necessary to build up their project, to build their their dream, and make it a reality. It's very important the work that you are doing for these people. Um, how how can someone find the Net Zero Accelerator and apply to it, and and perhaps talk to you?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the, the easy thing is I'll give you the the website addresses. So it's usgb. Usgbc-la. Um, so usgbc-la.org, and then just netzeroaccelerator.org. Both are .orgs because it's nonprofit. Um, and if you just type in netzeroaccelerator, you'll find us. You type in usgbc-la, you'll find us. You type in Colin Mangum, you'll find me. Uh, so it we're, we're out there um, we're making noise in, in the best of ways but that, that would be the best way. and then if for people that want to uh, potentially apply or or I mean we were looking for advisors certainly uh, like myself okay. that will come in and, and guide these young companies not enough of, of me and Ben in, in the world of in, in our little microcosm here to, to guide all these companies as we'd like to. So we'd love to have advisors, uh, maybe both of you um, but also yeah. if you're looking to apply, there's a, we have a Canadian cohort and we have some other international cohorts we're, we're potentially working on, which, which is great. But the annual accelerator runs from April through to our demo day in January. So we're in the middle of that one right now, or maybe on the tail end of it, but we'll be taking applications in December. And there's really two main things that that someone would need to have. I mean, first of all, Let's wrap it in the sustainability blanket, but mainly have a commercially viable product, something that's market ready that you can get into market now. So not incubator accelerator. you got something you can put into market and then also just have some sort of high level of interest in Los Angeles, Southern California and really all of California, because that's what we're increasingly doing is is working with the whole state to make yeah. sure that these impacts are, are created.
0: Absolutely. Brilliant. And you know, I, I loved when you said um, making noise, keep making noise. Please be as loud as possible because there's a lot of background noise out there and a lot of people chattering. You guys are actually doing it, making it happen, not just talking, but doing it. So be loud, be as loud as possible. And thank you again for your time today. I really, I really do appreciate it. Thank you both. And guys, um, I'm Wendy Nystrom, your host with Environmental Social Justice, with my friend Joy Langford, who was able to make it with all of her worldwide travels, saving the world one drop of water at a time. And uh, Colin, thank you again. You guys check out the Net Zero Accelerator. It is a wonderful organization. Get that tech out there. Get heard, get seen. You guys take care. Thank you. Bye.